Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. Here, Sal Internalo here with Steve Anderson, Seth Mendelson of Black Knight Nation, and James from Mass for Football. We're going to review uh, Army's 17-13 loss at Louisiana Monroe. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Higher Echelon. Thank Joe Ross for sponsoring this podcast and sponsoring our podcast throughout the year. Um, let's get right to it, guys. I mean, this was, man, this was a disappointing loss, no doubt. And um, Coach Munkin said at his press conference, Seth, you were listening in, right? Um, this, this really ups- – he didn't say – what kind of words did he use, Seth? Help me out. Well, he said he was disappointed. He put the blame on himself. He, he, uh, he, he, he of course, he said they didn't uh, perform great on the field with the, with the, uh, the fumbles and the turnovers. But he blamed himself. He blamed his coaches. Um, uh, he, he was, you know, I, I was kind of surprised how much he took the blame on himself. Yeah, I mean, the end, 14 points by Louisiana Monroe in the fourth quarter. Um, that second touchdown, you know, was talked about a little bit in the press conference. Was the receiver's foot in bounds? Was it in bounds? Um, Coach Munkin said the final shot he replay he saw of it, it didn't look like it was, but they told him it – the officials told him it was a touchdown. So, I mean – it is what it is, and um, we'll, we'll go over a couple things from the press conference in a little bit. Seth has some insight from Bo Nicholas Paul, too. But um, first, um, maybe just go over, guys, talk about um, your thoughts. Steve, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that was a hard game to watch. That was probably one of the worst games I've seen execution-wise under the Munkin error. Uh um, and as a true leader, Munkin, right? Yeah, you um, accept criticism and deflect praise. Uh, um, obviously, he feels that he could have gotten his team in a better position to where they would have been more prepared. Um, that was clear. Um, we know what kind of guy Coach Munkin is um, and what kind of leader he is, but at the end of the day, that was poor, you know, poor quarterback play across the board. And, uh, you know, we, we got tired. Um, 100% we got tired. You know, I don't know if the 100-degree <clears throat> heat index played a factor or, or uh, you know, didn't seem like we controlled the ball as much as we would have liked. Um, but overall, you know, pretty disappointed, um, you know, frustrated. Um, and, and the player's ability to execute, I, you know, I, I, you know, I watch, I watch from, you know, a, a, you know, however you want to look at it, but I'm looking at scheme. I'm look. I'm not just watching the game to enjoy army football, um, most of the time. Um, and it seemed like there was more than enough opportunities. You know, I, I think I, Texas out at one point, we should be up by two touchdowns um, and just wasn't the case um, today. So uh, that's it. That's my opening rant. Um, super, super hopeful for the rest of the season and um, hope to, you know, get back on track this next week. But, um, you know, if anything else, the seniors have a lot of accountability and discipline, um, you know, talking points to go over this week and the rest of the season. No doubt. Um, guys, if you're watching right now and you have any comments, please send us, please send us some of them. We'll post your questions, your comments um, on, we'll go to, we'll go to James uh, in his opening thoughts for the, uh, on the loss. 
Yeah, I mean, upsetting is a, is a good word. Uh, disappointed is a good word, but I wouldn't quite go depressed yet. Um, it's one game. The, the offense looked uncomfortable, um, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, it's a new scheme, right? Uh, this is the first time that this scheme has been uh, deployed on the Division One level. Um, and you're asking a bunch of guys with four weeks of practice in the fall and three weeks of practice in the spring to, to execute a, a brand new thing. Um, and it didn't go flawlessly and nobody, nobody should expect uh, that, that it would. Um, more mistakes than you'd like to see. Uh, execution was poor, but, but yeah, I mean, I, nobody should have expected perfection, a little disappointing, uh, the level of, of, uh, execution we got, but it's game one. It's uh, this is a long process. Um, we have a, a great get right game next week against a team that lost to a D2 school today. Um, so, so, Hey, you know what? Go get a win next week. Yeah, here's my thing, James. Is you know, my, nobody expected the the scheme to be perfect, but ball control and decision making uh, was a clear. Um, I mean, just I mean, it was bad. It was bad. yeah, yeah, for sure. Bad. So, so if you look at the five, um, we, we probably could have lost turnovers. a couple more fumbles out there as well. Uh, yes. So if you look at the five turnovers, right, because those are the big the big ones, right, the ones at the end of the game, that's a whatever, that's on the, the laterals. Um, two are interceptions. One is a bad decision interception, um, and it's you're down seven at the end of the game, whatever. You know what? Th that happens all the time in college football. You're, you you got to go 90 yards in two minutes, and you throw an interception. Whoop-de-doo. So the other three. There's the uh, early interception. Yep, okay, that's the first time that this scheme is being run. This quarterback has literally never run this scheme before in a live game. He's reading a live defense for the first time in a real game. So he has one interception on a, on a full drive where he's not trying to score at the end of the game. The fumbles, the one fumble on that botched play, yeah, for sure. Okay, that's a, that's a bad – Bad fumble, you got to protect the ball there. The other fumble, you know, you have a, a, an Army wide receiver running a route, making a, a good throw and a good catch on that play, dropping the ball on, on a run after the route. Army hasn't done any of those things, th those mistakes, with the exception of the botched play where he fumbles the ball in the first half. Army doesn't do any of those things with any regularity until this year. So – yeah, bad execution for sure. I'm just I'm, – I'm not going to get that torn up about one game where they're running a scheme for the first time live and they make some boneheaded plays because they're reading a defense or doing things for the first time in program history really uh, this way. So I, I don't know. We, we can get real upset about it and, and harp on bad decisions, but I just don't think it's worth it. We're going to go play Delaware State next week. Like, if we have five, five turnovers against Delaware State, then I'll be worried. Uh, go ahead, Seth. Yeah, James, you see the uh, the, the, the glass is half full. Uh, I'm worried it's half empty. Um, we don't know how good um, uh, Louisiana Monroe is. We don't know whether they're a 1-11 team or 1-12 team, 1-11 team, or they're going to be a, a decent team this year. Uh, they got 40 new players on their team. Who knows? 
Uh, what I saw out there was this is what one of my most disappointing games I've seen Army play in many years. And I'm a bit older than you guys, and I've seen them. I've been going to games since the 60s. Um, this is pretty bad. Um, and I'm worried that we don't have a quarterback. I didn't see anything from uh, from Bryson Daly that makes me comfortable that he is going to lead this team to victory. Let's forget about Delaware State next week. We know what that story is. Uh, we we can't get on the, we can't get on this a week from today and say wow Army's good if they win sixty five nothing. We can't do that um, because we know who they're playing. We got to be worried about uh, the UTSA. We got to be worried about Syracuse who you know won today. We got to be worried about uh, UMass even. Who put up a good game last? Uh, won actually last week, didn't they? I think they won last. No, week. UMass lost to Auburn today. Okay, but they won last week against somebody. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. a, probably an FCS team. Today. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, somebody they won. Like, I've got a. Uh, yeah, two brothers graduate from UMass, so they're ready for the UMass Army game this November. Right. Now, trust me, I had to hear I, that. I, I, I'm 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 concerned about the offense. I didn't like the fact that the uh, the play calling was pretty. Um, I, I knew what they were going to do every play. <clears throat> I even knew they were going to try to fake it. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Munkin said in the press conference, they were out there to fake it, as, 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 uh, Sal said before, um, you know, the bottom line is that it was a very predictable offense. Uh, it looked like last year's offense with the exception of they were in the shotgun and that buys you a little bit more time to pass. I give you that. But, you know, I didn't see anything dramatically different. Now, let me say one good thing, one positive thing, that with the exception of the last six minutes of the game, they um, the defense played really well. Yeah. This was all over the place. Uh, they almost won them the game. The defense almost won Army this game. And, um, you know, Louisiana Monroe switched quarterbacks at the end there. And I don't know if, how much of a factor that played. Their starting quarterback was not very good. He was, he was, he, he was, he was not very good. And uh, they switched quarterbacks. They, they scored with a backup quarterback in there both yeah. times. Yeah. Real quick, let's get to some comments, and then we'll get to more from us. Uh, Jason Frazier, who's been on the podcast as a guest, former Army linebacker, says ball control and execution should not be op optional, regardless of the system. That's football 101. Steve, any comment to that? Well, I mean, I I just um, you know I'm I'm a defensive guy, so I, I I it's very frustrating for me when I see turnovers in the four or five count when when even at the three count it's getting you, you literally go everywhere and you carry the football um, like just don't turn the ball. All over. I mean, we scored 13. You know, oh, we're losing. Yeah, we're losing. Very. Steve, I think you're breaking uh, up there a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree with Jason. Like, ball control, ball control, balls. We'll go to one more Jason Frazier comment here, and we'll, he, we pretty much ran Wildcat every run play. This can't be the new system. James, you have any comment on that? Uh, yeah, no, I. it, it did seem uh, like um, it, this did not look like a Drew Thatcher offense from a year ago at Nebraska Kearney. Um, th there was limited perimeter running. 
We had a couple. The only perimeter running with success was a jet sweep. One went for 30 plus yards and one went for like eight yards. And that was it. That was all we had all game. There was, I think, two plays all game where Bryson Daly was on the perimeter with an option to pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very unfatcher like. So, you know, I don't know if this is a matter of, you know, new system and the coaches don't trust them to make reads yet. I mean, we saw that in 2020, right? We saw that with the flex bone in 2020, they had no time to prepare and you just saw midline all day long called quarterback draws. Like the entire offense was just run up the gut somehow, whether it's a fullback or it's a quarterback, maybe 5% of the plays had the option of going outside. Um, And it's because they didn't trust them at that point. And and that's fine. Right. You didn't have time to prepare. Um, It's a brand new system. I I don't think I'm not sure that they trust him yet, but yeah, this did not look like uh, Nebraska Kearney from a year ago. Um, It was, it was, yes, it was, it was a 2020 offense, but out of the shotgun. And the thing that bothered me the most about it was that, and we talked about this uh, beforehand, but, you get down, you got a first and goal on what the three yard line there at the end of the half. Um, And you spend two plays. Your first two plays are fullback dives from the three yard line out of the shotgun. So how does that make any sense? You're going to put them, you you got the ball on the three yard line. So you're going to give them the ball now on the seven, seven and a half yard line and tell them to score. Like do one of two things, either, Get your quarterback under center mm-hmm. and have Jacoby Buchanan blast into the line. And if you don't feel comfortable with an under center snap because you're running a shotgun offense, fine. Get to the outside or throw earlier in that series. Like there's no reason you should be sending a fullback that weighs less than he did last year because of your new offense up the gut into the A gap on a goal line stand five yards further back. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, so that, that kind of irked me a little bit. Um, so, uh, and I went back and looked, you guys have any guesses on how many red zone plays army ran today? 20. Now I would say like 15. Uh, it was right in there. I think it was like 16 or 17. Yeah. Of the 16 or 17 plays, there were two incomplete pass attempts. One was that third down play. And one was earlier on an out route that was incomplete. One went to the outside Every other single play in the red zone was either an A gap or a B gap run. Every single one. How are you expecting to win when that defense is in the red zone and gets to cheat up because they don't have to worry about the long ball and they can stuff the box? Why are you running a fullback dive or a wildcat to the B gap when you're starting five yards back? You have to get to the perimeter or at least enough to open that up. James, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but I mean, is this gonna be a problem all year? All year? I mean, it might. It might be. Look at everybody's gonna look at the films. Delaware State's gonna look at the films, and they're gonna sit there and say, "Okay, um, I agree with you." I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with this shotgun offense. I think it's great, but you also have to have situations where you're on the two yard line, or it's fourth and one, and you're going for it, and you don't line up in the in the shotgun. I mean, I, yeah. It, I mean, that's uh, that's just a tip. I mean, these kids have been playing football for 15 years, you know, or 13 years or 12 years. You know, your quarterback knows to get under center. And and a, and a fullback has got to know that you, know, you get the ball and you run in. You know, this right. is what um, you know, this is what this guy, Jacoby, has done for years now. And I agree with you. What, what's going on there? Can yeah, I make a point? Can I make yeah, a point, James? 
I think it was a second scrimmage that Army had, right? They started like red zone offense to start the scrimmage, and they ran their three or four different quarterbacks in red zone schemes and stuff like that. So we can't say they haven't practiced this because I saw them practice it in the scrimmage. I saw them run plays. Now they were playing against a scout team defense. They weren't playing against Louisiana Monroe's defense. So they have practices in the past. So it's not like it was, I mean, they, they were working on this a lot from what I saw in scrimmages and just in real game time, it just didn't, didn't work today. Quick. Uh, we'll get Steve's comment real quick. I just wanted to get, um, a couple comments in here. Macaulay Holt, uh, Hoyt, sorry, is talking about the fourth and one to use Buchanan to get two yards like we have in the last three years. Um, again, we have uh, Yabroi15 saying, I don't understand why we can't go under center on fourth and one. We don't need to be in the shotgun on every play, what James and, and Seth were saying. Um, we Let's say right here we have four QBs on the roster. Has anyone know how to take snaps on their center? Well, yeah, Bryson Daly took snaps on their center last year, right? So, um, and so did Dwayne Coleman. So, um, yeah, uh, Steve's back. Uh, we're just talking about the red zone uh, offense today, Steve. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of good points. I heard all you guys. Um, I think the, you know, I, I think I accurate. You know, it's frustrating to see us, and I have to believe that we're talking long game here, right? This is the offense, okay? We're not going to get cute, and we're not going to just do things that fit for the situation. This is the long game. Like, hey, this is our offense. This is We have to run reps at this to be good at this. And if we don't, we'll never get good at it. That is the – Seth is laughing right now. That's the half full. Oh, I agree with you. Okay, That's the half full of me thinking about – the long game, like, hey, this is a new offense. This is what we got to run. We got to be able to run it in every situation. Otherwise, teams are going to start being able to tell when we go under center, this is what we're going to run. And when we do this, this is this, this is our QB for this situation. This is what we're going to do. So I get it. I get the whole first game. And look, we had to have a lot of confidence. We had to believe we didn't have to go out there and show a bunch of sexy stuff to mm. beat Monroe. Like, the, the game plan was probably – Install was probably real simple, Sal. All right? It was probably real simple. We're going to run our offense, and we're going to be better than them. Our players are going to be more athletic, and we're going to open gaps, and we're going to get sacks, and we're going to hit the gaps to make plays. Like, I have to believe some of that has to, you know, and maybe that's a little a little arrogance on my part, but I have to believe we went into this game believing we could beat you if we ran shotgun every single play. All right. So um, that's what I have to believe. Now, do I think there's situations where you can say, hey, get up under center and let's just push this guy a yard and a half? 100%. I do believe, I do believe that's there. I believe that's the common sense. But look, I've never been on Division One offense in real games. So I don't know the ins and outs of that. I know that as a defensive player, when we knew what they were going to do, there was automatic checks, automatic calls that we made. Um, so I know that if the tell is there, defenses will know it. And look, I go back to Seth's point. You know, Monroe's got 40 new players. They may be a legit team. We may just have 
a year this year where every team on our schedule is just better than we expected or better than they were last year. And it's just going to be a fight week in and week out. And that's, you know, that's okay. But, man. Uh, but know. maybe not. But maybe they're not a better team. Maybe they're just, maybe they just beat us. Because so, we, we didn't execute and we had turnovers. And we had uh, the play calling was not what I would expect. You know, I, I agree with you. You walk in and you don't want to show all your cards the first game, especially against uh, ULM. But, you know, when the, when the score is – what was the score at halftime? What was it 10-3? When the, the, when the score is 10-3 at halftime and you know you're locked in a battle, um, then you got to sit there at the half and say, okay, maybe we have to show a couple more. we got to win this game. This was an important game for us because – forget about next week again. we yeah. got some tough games coming up. Um, we don't have any easy games, you know, outside of Delaware State and maybe Holy Cross. These, these other teams, you know uh, – some of them are pretty damn good, um, and uh, we every every game counts. Everyone, there's only twelve games in a season, um, so I, I was I was a little surprised by the lack of um, preparedness and also imagination on the offense. I expected to, I was so excited to see this shotgun formation option offense um, and what it was going to do, what it meant. And to me, you and I were texting. You know, it, it was the same old stuff as last year, except for the fact that four it was, back. It was so, uh, yeah, creativity, imagination, something, James, we talked about it. I mean, get the ball to the outside. You know what? I know the quarterback's not having too much confidence throwing the ball, but what are you doing with Isaiah Austin? What are you doing with him? I mean, you have a guy who is a, a matchup problem, and he gets two slant passes, I believe, and one throw into the end zone, one fade into the end zone. I mean – I'm gonna I'm gonna be at it again, Steve. But like, the, the, you have the players. Can you get the playmakers the ball? Can this offense get playmakers the ball? Or are they gonna run up the middle? You know, and and do these RPOs and run up the middle and be predictable. Well, that's, that's my concern. Mean. Sal, that's my concern. Maybe the coaches know that we don't have a quarterback, and our quarterback situation is more or, dire than we or think. Or it's just that they don't trust any quarterbacks yet because they've had seven weeks of practice and something they've never done before. Like, be true. Here's the thing. So a couple of things uh, just to uh, go back. So um, Army, by the way, is not the only team that has this issue where they're a shotgun offense and decide to snap the ball five yards back on fourth and one. Lots of teams do that. And 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 fans all over the place get pissed off about it. And yet they still do it. So I'm sure that there are good reasons. Right. Number two, like Steve was saying, right. Uh, this is our offense now. Jeff Munkin didn't install this offense so that Army would be the most competitive team they could possibly be in 2022. They installed this offense because the rules change and the cards are stacked against them. And in the long term, they don't want to be playing with rules that they wish they had. They want an offense that will work and, and will still use the fundamental uh, parts of the option, but will work given the cut block rule changes. It's not going to be perfect game one. It might not be perfect year one. I don't know, but yeah. this is not a, an offense they installed so that they could beat ULM in 2022. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, and like, I, like I said, James, I, I think that's, that's, that's part of the frustration out of the fanatics, right? That's why we call them fanatics, right? Yeah, for they, sure. They want, they, they want what they want now and <laughs> they know what goes on in the locker room. They know what goes on in practice. So, 
Um, you know, it, it it's why they call them fanatics. Um, just want to go back and, and uh, I saw John Trasick's. Um, oh sure. John Trasick's uh, message there. Um, yeah, I think he's exactly right. Like, get back on track. Get back on track. Beat Delaware Delaware State. Understand situational football and get the first down and secure the ball. I mean, I'm 100 percent um, on board with that, John. I think that's uh, that's where we got to go from here. Um, we can be upset about the game, and but I, I, you know, back to James' point, like and and what we said earlier, like this is the offense, and it's not going to be perfect, and you know, it, it's 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 a um, it's a game. I think we all, I think we all believe should have been uh, a W and when it's not, you know, and I'm guilty of this too. We start to just start to go crazy a little bit because we know, at least I, I firmly believe this team is better than what they showed this weekend. And it's kind of like, you know, what, you know, you're only as good as what you show up with and, and how you play on Saturday. And, um, but I just look at that roster. I look at the talent, and I just think this. I, I'm hoping this is what puts this team on a positive trajectory, and they start really taking like accountability seriously. Um, and I'm sure it was, but like this will emphasize it. And having those seniors and those informal leaders, like, hey man, they're, they're, no more missed reps from anyone. You do the rep right or you just leave and we're not going to tolerate it anymore. Yeah. Um, you know what this, uh, Go ahead. I think back. So in 2016, that's army's first bull year since 2010, right? That's the year 2015. They have that bad year. They go two and 10, but I, I forget what the stat was. It was like, they lost six of their games by a combined 24 points or something crazy like that. Right. But you knew it was getting turned around. And then in the middle of the year in 2016, they played North Texas, not the bowl game, but the, the regular season game at Mikey. And at that point, they had like four wins. So they needed two more wins to go to, to get to their first bowl game in six years. And in that game, they lost a relatively close game and they had seven turnovers. Why is it? If, and, and, and by the way, like people were kind of like disappointed in this or that. That game should be 10 times more disappointing than this game. There is every reason why the offense might struggle in this game. There is every reason why this game might not go our way. And it didn't. And that sucks. And it's disappointing. But there are lots of reasons why that might not have happened. There was no reason why we should have lost that game to North Texas with seven turnovers. Yet the Army fan base after this game, for whatever reason, whether it's the first game of the year or whatever, I just get the sense they're way more disappointed about this than they were about that game. And it shouldn't be that way. Well, um, I'll go ahead, Steve. Okay. Tom heals all. All right. People were upset. Yeah. All right. Trust me. There were people that were upset, but you know, that was seven years ago. What are we talking about right now? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm just saying I like yeah, people yeah. are really, really in the, in the, uh, 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 in the can about this. Like it's one game. It's the first, like, like let's let's put it in, in some perspective. Yeah, it sucks, but it's one game. It's the first first game with this offense. Like, let, let's not get too pissed off about it. Move on. Hope for the best. Like, if you want to be, if you just want to like go to your therapist four times a week because you want to be upset, do it. Fine. 
but like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and 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 be a, a feeder for that. I I, I, I I'd like to talk about the the, the fourth quarter. We, we talked before we get went on the air here about the um uh, the 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 Russian the the, uh, the punter uh, um the personal foul on the, on the punter that uh, gave them the ball again. We would have had the ball in a twenty something yard line on the punt, and then they called a penalty. They they got another set of downs. They ended up kicking it again, and we got the ball on our on our own two- or three-yard line. To me, that started this whole thing. Um, I wonder if that was a, a, a called play there. I'm, I was, and I'm, a little, I'm sure it was. I'm a little surprised that you're winning by 10 points and you're trying to go for the knockout punch in that situation, which the it would have block. been. Yeah, the, the, the knockout punt block. Yeah, yeah well – uh, I, I'm surprised they did that, and uh, and you know the kid hit hit the hit the punter, and you know they called the the penalty. It was a right call, and uh, they get they get four more downs. They end up kicking it again. I'm not yeah. sure. If it's what, was, what was the score there? We were up we were up thirteen to three. Thirteen to three. With right. seven minutes left in the game, eight minutes right. left in the game. Thirteen to three. How many points has the offense put on the board at that point? Well, obviously none. I mean, yeah. That, that's really, true. only three because they were given that field no, no, goal no. at the end. So. Special teams put up three. Okay, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the offense, I, I agree with you. But, but why not set up for a return? Get the ball. I mean, look what happened. Look what happened. The, the, the proof, you know, it, it, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, we went and we we, we went. Yeah. For, momentum, we went for, momentum is key, right? Momentum is key, and you know it just the yeah. But but that's the point is is you have the momentum at that point. What you lose at that point, they've scored three points all game. All all you're doing if you let them get that punt off is you continue the stalemate and you still have the momentum. Yeah, like it's so little to gain and so much to lose. No, I I I hear you guys. I hear you. I just you know I think the in the moment. I think it's like, hey, we got to get something for our offense here to boost their confidence. And, you know, but we're not going to get a penalty. I don't think anybody thinks you're – hey, I think the coaches told them right before, hey, if you can get the block, get the block, but don't hit the kicker, right? Like, I mean, that's what the coaches are telling them. But yeah. don't do it. Don't put yourself yeah, in don't, that. Don't call the pump block. Yeah. I'll, I'll protect. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, right play. that turned yeah. the game. That turned the game around. Who is the penalty? No, that didn't turn the game around, Seth. We, they got the set on the two-yard line. We didn't get a first down. Hey, what uh, year? What year was that penalty? What year was the uh, the player that got the penalty? Freshman, freshman. Yeah, I I could a hundred percent see myself on pump block team go all out for that. If <laughs> I why are you sending a freshman in game one of the season I'm, I'm, on a pump block? Sal, I'm sending it trying to make my name in my first start. All right. I know it. Why is he on the field? No, good for him, man. All yeah. right. Seth, Seth wants to play coach now, and that not go through every person. I, 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 I mean, uh, offensively, I thought it was a poor coach game. I thought there, I thought there were some mistakes defensively. I mean, we uh, um, offensively, you know, we talked about you know the third and one and giving the ball up the middle uh, to a, a fullback who's seven yards back. We talked about um, uh, the fake punt and uh, and then uh, you know the, the punting it. And he was well, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about that fake punt. L- let me just get real quick before we continue. I just want to get some comments out there and talk about that fourth and one from the forty nine. Seth, you were on the press conference. Jeff Munkin said he want to run a fake on that play on fourth and one. And uh, Louisiana Monroe kept its defense out there, so he 
called they they uh, had a once the defense is out they have a um a signal right Steve not to run the fake and they and they punted it instead of going for the fake. Now I talked to you guys before that. Could you have called a timeout, then brought the out the offense back on the field and tried to get that one yard? Maybe, maybe not. I guess you're saving timeouts for the end of the game. Um, so that, but really, real quick, let's get the offense scored six points today. The offense were, were gifted three of those six by the Max D Domenico interception into the red zone. The offense had four possessions in the red zone. Uh I believe I thought five. I thought five. If okay, that's even worse. Five possessions in the red zone came away with six points. I mean, that's it. I mean, turnovers, red zone play, terrible. Um, that's that's all I want to bring times, up real quick. How many times did we go for it on fourth down today? I don't think we did. Did we? No. Okay. Last year. Almost every time. A couple of years ago against Rice, uh, we went for fourth down on our own 12-yard line and didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, and to James, you know, back to James's point, I think the analytics changed a little bit if you're running this offense. Um, James, can you? That's – Well, you know, that's – the, the You know, and they bring out all these stats, right? We were like – I think we were like 33rd in the country last year in red so red scores red zone scoring we were like 87 percent we were we were 55th i looked it up today because okay. i was so pissed off about it okay so we were 55th <laughs> which is upper half i guess yeah um and uh so obviously we're used to at least getting some type of points when we're in the red zone and to have that you know again it's it's a good understanding of how you know when you i mean all these guys are triple option guys okay let's not forget the fact that we have recruits right now that were for the triple option and i know people i know people say it doesn't matter or whatever but i'm telling you when you have recruiting classes you are recruiting specifically for what you need them to do and you're looking at all the things that people may not look at in other offenses and other defenses. Like when we when when we went to this offense, we knew there was going to be some players that didn't fit the scheme that we were going to have to try to find where they fit because of their athleticism, right? Um, and that's where we're at right now. And I just think that. It's going to be a, you know, a very massage, massaging of the offense to find out which guys can actually fit into this scheme um, throughout the year. Yeah, I was surprised that um, Markel Johnson wasn't in the game uh, today, but I think he was a little bit banged up in the preseason. He didn't get a run, but how many running backs do you want to recycle in back there? I thought Hayden Reed rushed pretty hard. He tried. I mean, I thought Hayden Reed did what he could there, and Miles Stewart had a decent run in the third quarter. Um, just want, let's get a few of these comments real quick. We just need the tosses or the jet sweeps to get to the perimeter. Not everything needs to be downhill with these slow running backs who I don't think fit the scheme that much. Well, um, I there would be – I thought we were going to do a little more motion. So in the triple option, you have, you know, you have the old, the old wing back – you know, going getting his head start. Um, you had some jet sweeps that you're getting a head start on. I thought we were gonna do a little more motion, 
to test the defense's eyes and maybe out leverage them. Um, I and honestly, I, I just I just thought that's what this shotgun triple option. You know, when I explain to people what kind of offense we run, I basically tell them we're running a shotgun triple option RPO offense. Right, we're trying to combine the triple option with the RPO, get more slants in the game. Um, and, and out leverage guys to where our linemen don't have to cut block and cost us 10 yards every other play because of the angles and the changing of the rules. So I just believe that it just, I, I just thought there was going to be more motion, uh, more, more leverage, uh, than there was today. There, there, this does not look like I said earlier, this does not look like. Thatcher's offense in Nebraska last year at all. Like this was, this seemed like, this seemed more to me like a shotgun version of what we ran in 2020 because we were scared to let people make decisions. Um, And that's fine. Like if that's, if that's what's going on, like I get it, but it wasn't, this is not what was uh, sort of promised from the Thatcher offense and it's early, right? Um, and I see, I see uh, Jason Frazier there seems similar when, you know, we switched to Todd Berry system, few key differences there. Number one, we're not trying to create a pocket passer like we were back then. Number two, back then our heaviest lineman was what? 275, 280. We have 16 guys over 300 now. So um, a little bit different and, and we are trying to create those options. But to your point, Steve, like I think I counted two perimeter options all day. Two. I think there were two times when Bryson could have kept it or pitched it. He kept it both times. And then we had like one hard pitch to a tailback just, and it went for a yard maybe like that was it. Um, so yeah, no, it was not that sort of uh, triple option that we were promised. It seems a lot more like a called to play 2020 type offense. Uh, James, I hope I hope you're wrong. I mean, I think you're right, <laughs> but I hope you're wrong because that says to me that they, like you just said, they don't have any faith in the, in, in the players. And- I mean, that's probably just because it's the first year. Like, like in other words, the the flex bone worked horribly in Munkin's first year. Uh, it took time, um, so I, I I wouldn't read too much into that. I guess. Well, you, uh, I I just hope they can recover. We have. We have a t- army has a tough game in two weeks against uh, uh, San Antonio, um, and you know, uh, followed by Syracuse, followed by you know, well, they have three or four road games in a row. Um, we got LSU, <laughs> we got Troy, we got uh, Coastal Carolina. These teams are, are good teams, very good teams, probably a lot better than Louisiana Monroe, um, most of them. Um, and you know, I just hope that you know we come up with the talent to run this offense. Uh, we're, we're, we're committed to it. Army's committed to this offense for the year, it seems. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can go backwards. So it might be a situation where we just don't have the talent to run it. I didn't see talent today. I did not see. I didn't see pitches. I didn't see. I was so excited about this. I can't tell you how excited it was to see what the, this. And I thought we were going to win this game. And I, I you know, my prediction was 24-17. I, I thought I was being, you know, cautious. Um, and when the game started, they went down the field twice. I said, okay, they fumbled and, you know, the interception, the, the, the fumble and, 
not the interception. Was it interception? Yeah, the interception fumble. I said, okay, you know, we're still dominating the game. We we were. But then we stopped. Then we uh, the offense went nowhere because, you know, Louisiana Monroe got used to it too. You got to give them credit. They figured out what we were doing. They didn't know what was going to happen either, I guess. You know, nobody, they didn't have any film on us uh, on West Point. So now, they, you know, they go a quarter, they go a half, and they say, well, here's what they're doing every play. And you got to give them some credit. And we didn't change. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't change at all. It was, you know, I, I think we had more rushing yards in the second half than we did in the first half. But, you know, it's still, we didn't score. I have a stat. 50 rushes by the Army Black Knights today. 21 of those 50 rushes. 42 percent i'm a math major went for two or less yards i mean the running game just wasn't there it just wasn't there up the middle we've talked about it you got to try to try the outside i don't know i just by the way i bet that that's i bet that stat is pretty similar to last year i don't think that's that's too far out i mean last year most of our touchdowns came on freaking 50 to 75 yard runs because the the linebackers opened up too much and somebody went up the middle for 70 yards. Like we were certainly more explosive last year. I will say I was, if there's a good thing to be said about the offense today, I was impressed with um, the, the decision-making of which gap to punch for whether it was the fullback or the quarterback, like sitting there in that slow mesh for that extra half a second, they, uh, they were able to pick good holes to pick up yards. Now, too often, D linemen got through the offensive line too quickly and blew up the play. But when the offensive line did their job, fullbacks and quarterbacks got more yards than I feel like we would have gotten last year. Yeah, yeah. I I want to. It's a great point, James. I want to um, – I have a comment, and this is for Steve and James uh, and even Seth, if you want. I don't think I can answer this question. So it's from um, somebody I know that's an Army fan. He's asking, you know, is the goal uh, not to cop, cut black at all at all because he doesn't um, – Air Force still cut blocks whether they're in the shotgun or under center. Um, you know, Munkin said the reason why they went to this offense is because of the new cut block rule last year. But, I mean – you guys see, maybe James, you watch a little bit more than we do. Um, do you see Air Force still cut block? I mean, do you think there? I mean, I don't think cut blocking is in this in this scheme, right? So no, and yeah, Air Force and Navy still cut block. The problem is, effectively, all cut blocking that occurs in a flex bone is within is on the offensive line within one yard of the line of scrimmage, and that's it. Anything besides that, I mean, technically there are more legal cut blocks than just that, but they don't get used for you know by anything. That, those are the only ones that ever get used um, yeah. that are illegal nowadays. This offense doesn't use that. Air Force and Navy still do. Um, if that were the case, we wouldn't have beefed up our O-linemen so much. I mean, we went from having one or two offensive linemen last year over 300 pounds, and I, I last time I counted, it was 16. So um, we have a lot of big boys, and the purpose is that they don't have to cut block, that they can stand up and, and block straight up. Because if you can stand up and block straight up and not allow the, the play to get blown up, you give that fullback and that quarterback that half second they need to read and figure out what they're going to do, um, figure out which hole's collapsing, which which isn't. Um, it just new blocking assignments, new way of blocking. Again, first time they're doing this in a real game. 
that O-line got blown up a little bit more often than you'd want to see. Um, but, you know, first time they're doing it. And then the, the angle portion, right? Like you cannot cut black at any type of angle. So right. it's got to be straight up. It's got to you like you got even if even if the guy turns at the last second and you get the side of him, like you're going to get called now because it's all about player safety and and you know it's not. It's about it's about coaches changing the rules because they don't want to have to defend against cut blocks. But that's a that's a separate point. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but you're right. And and even if it's a even if you're blocking well and it's marginal and the refs decide to call it, your drive is over. Like, what are you going to do? It's a 10 or 15 yard. I forget what it is. It's 10 or 15 yards. But yeah. like, you're done. You're cooked for that drive. So, yep. uh, and I I put out um, I put this out in, in an article we released a while ago. But there are times when offensive linemen aren't even cut blocking in the old, in the flex bone, they go up, they make their block and they trip and then they roll and they roll into a linebacker's leg and they'll call that an illegal cut block and put you 10 yards back. Like the, 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 the reason they don't want to cut block at all is because they don't want to just randomly kill drives, which is what is starting to happen more and more. Um, we, not, saw it, oh, we saw it last year and the year before. Yes. As coaches, you know, it's, it's – it's, look, it's the coaches and the referees here. Hey, like, here's the rule to the to the letter. I want you to watch this team when they cut block. Like, every time they cut block, it's a, you know, it's a half yard too far downfield or it's a half a man too far outside. Like, just watch it. Just watch it. And I guarantee the ref sees it and they're like, all right, we're just not even going to play this game. And, I, hey, look. We got we got big bodies now, right? And these guys aren't used to moving at this size. Okay, uh, and, and I got a really good buddy uh, that you guys might have heard of, and his name's Ali Villanueva Martin, and he played at about three thirty-five his entire career in the NFL, and he got down to about two eighty, two sixty-five. Every offseason, because he was like, it, it, it is rough playing at that size, okay? Like, he, 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 like, physically, it hurts to be that big, right? And he's 6'10". So, um, you know, just just a point. These, you know, and back to James's point, and I know James is our, you know, he's he's bringing us back and, and, and keeping us uh, on earth here. First game. Bunch of guys playing different ways than they've ever played in the past under this under this scheme. So, uh, yeah. by the way, like let's say that we that Navy or Air Force figures out a way to continue to make the offense effective with the cup blocking that's currently allowed. Do you think they're going to stop? Like, do you think the coaches are going to stop with the rule changes? No, they're going to continue to outlaw stuff until they get what they want, which is not having to defend the triple option. Like they're, they're not just going to like, Oh, well we changed the rules a little bit. So, and they figured it out. So we're done now. Like, no. Teams are tired of paying us millions of dollars to come play them and almost beating them. in their Right. Home. Oh, it's and, and right. We can blame Michigan and Oklahoma for this rule change. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, real quick. I just wanted to make thinking about the quarterback play. 
today. It gives you more of an appreciation for the quarterbacks of the past, Tyre Tyler, Christian Anderson, Jamel Jones, and Kay Ballard, I think, because, I mean, just how hard it is to play quarterback at, 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 at the FBS level. And, you know, this was Bryson Daly's first start, and, yeah, it was a little rough. He had got some game action last year, you know, late in games. But it's – Steve, maybe you can even attest to this being a former player. I mean, when you're out there and you're – you know, it's every play, every down, and, you know, it's it, it takes it takes a lot. And, I mean, I, I got a more of an appreciation, no doubt, for um, the toughness of Tyre Tyler and those guys and those quarterbacks, the hit that they took in the triple option. And I don't know. I don't know how – I don't know your, how you feel about that. Yeah, I had a couple buddies text me um, throughout the game and – kind of just say man like we kind of had had a good run at quarterback over the past you know decade or whatever and i was like hey man this is why the quarterbacks get the girls and this is why they get fired <laughs> like you gotta like that's the best position to play to be good at like that's where all the money's at well um, it's the most important offensive position uh, and and you, know, you gotta go out and make sure you have the best player there just, um, don't get it twisted. Offense, defense, special, like the quarterback is the most important position on the team because okay. I was trying to be nice, but yeah, I mean, know, we have to make sure we have a good quarterback in there. We got 11 more games here. Um, and against, like I keep saying, against good competition, it's a tough year, tough schedule. And I um, kind of lean towards more James and, and let's not, let's not throw Bryson to the crowd just yet. Okay. Uh, uh, I think we're all just a little, you know. I think we had a high expectations for this game. I'm a look. I am, I am a huge Army fan. Uh, and when I take a step back and, and go back to the player I used to be and what used to go on and what's going on in that locker room after the game and and what's going to happen tomorrow when they go back to the drawing board, I think a lot of guys are going to understand that. You know, Bryson is going to take the hit for this one. But, like, if we were to go back and watch that film, a lot of guys are going to take ownership on just how it culminated to where there was a lot of things we could have done better across the board, offensive line, receiver, running back. You know, obviously the gashes at the end. You know, and me and Seth talked about – or me and, um, me and Sal talked about this pregame. Like, it was hot. That's a hot game. That was a lot of for not for not controlling the clock as we expected, or as I guess fans expected. I don't know what the team expected if if they went into it saying, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna own the clock for forty minutes a game anymore." Like, yeah. got to get used to this. By the way, at the end of the third quarter, Army had ULM's defense absolutely gassed, mm-hmm. and and got them into the red zone. And you saw those defensive linemen like huffing and puffing. And then they called end of the third quarter, and there was a two and a half minute break, and those defensive linemen came out with a new sense of energy, and they got stalled. But if it, I, I honestly think if there were still three minutes left in the quarter, Army's putting six in there. Maybe. Um, Coach Muckin said real quick in the press conference that he didn't think the heat was a factor. He said that they had the the, the team hydrated. None of the none of the players went down with cramps during the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he said at the beginning it was hot, a breeze came through. And a breeze actually cooled off things he thought. So he didn't think the heat was a factor. So you wonder, and Steve, at the end of the game, 
where the team looks like it's a little, you know, but he said that that wasn't a factor at all. Um, I was going to get to some comments and quotes that I got from my tweet that I put disaster finish at the end for Army, but I think we've, we we ran the gamut on this stuff, I, I believe. I did want to talk about one other thing that doesn't have to do with today. Um, you guys, before I do that, any final thoughts about tonight? I'll just say, look, next week, uh, Delaware State, I'm putting Bryson Daly in, and I'm not pulling him. Like, if we're up 45, put in the second-string offensive line. If we're up 60, put in the third-string offensive line. Just make it harder and harder for him so he can learn more and more, put him in for four quarters, and, and like, let him get his confidence. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll second James, um, but I'm also – going to caveat that with if, if we're not up by <laughs> 25 points go to the freshman and let's start this wow process okay seth real quick seth the readers uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you guys uh you know if we're killing them let's uh let's you know let's get as much experience as we can for the for the the big games coming up if we're not killing them we got to blow up this team and start all over again in a, in a matter of a week or two um, and, and find the talent. Um, you know, look what the Yankees just did in baseball. They brought up all these kids. Yeah. We don't talk about the Yankees on this podcast. Let's go Yanks. We don't. we don't talk about the Yankees. Seth, you're not allowed on the next podcast now. You're, oh, you're, my God. I'm on probation. Hey, Seth. I don't even want to talk about You want to talk about realignment, right? No, yeah, but wait, no, what I Seth, we will talk about the Mariners walking it off against the Mets. Well, not walking it off, Casey Crawford. With a big home run today, we could talk about Mariners baseball. No, what I wanted to talk about, well, that I want to talk about realignment. But my final um, word is, we didn't talk about the Bo Nicholas Paul pick six. I mean, that was a big play by the defense. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah he did the flip into the end zone. Yeah, Jimmy Charlo went right up to him, telling him, "What are you doing, man?" And um, he, was very was, upset. Was, he was very upset on, on the press conference about that. That's all he wanted to talk about is that he let the team down by doing that flip into the end zone and the fifteen yard penalty that That's came with. Very upset. Very upset. First off, the NCAA has it, like we lose a player for targeting is ridiculous. Okay, these guys are not professionals. All right, so stop kicking college kids out of games for targeting when they're not professionals. Okay, they're not. No, there was no ill intent from him putting his head down there. I agree he with you. Knock out of him. He was literally just trying to make a play, and he ducked his head at the last second. I get it. You want to talk player safety, whatever. The NCAA is ridiculous with these rules. The flip in the end zone, who did that hurt? Who did that hurt? Did that hurt anybody? It was 15 that, yards. 15 that yards. So boating that the other team feelings were hurt so bad it cost us 15 yards. I am so sick of yeah. these stupid penalties that are still a thing in college football. Targeting is not a thing in college football. You want to flag, you want to kick guys out and find guys that are in the NFL getting paid millions, go for it. But these guys are not paid. Well, most of them, I guess, I guess college athletes are paid now, but most of them are not paid. All right. And you're taking, you know, I was trying to do the math today, right? If a guy plays for two years, man, that's 5% of his football career in college gone in the first quarter because of some some call that some ref believed fit the bill for that. I can't stand it. If targeting, I'll tell you what, if I go back and watch my film 
and targeting was the rule back when I played, I I, I would have played maybe half the games I played. They would have kicked me out all the time. If it's intentional, the, the guy should be gone. But I agree with you. That was not an intentional play. Not in college, Seth. Yeah. These professional yeah, athletes. If it's intentional, if you're really going after this kid wasn't. This kid was just trying to make a tackle today. And I agree with you. He shouldn't have been gone. Should have been a penalty? Okay, I'll give you a penalty. But but I don't think he should have been kicked out of the game. I agree with you. But I've seen, I've seen at all levels. I was at the Rutgers game where the kid got paralyzed. I don't think that was targeting. Still, Seth, I remember. So I mean, I was right there when it happened with my son, and it was a, it's a sad day. But I, I don't want anybody getting hurt. But I agree with you; it should have been kicked out of the game. Fifteen yards would have been fifteen yards. Yeah, and they changed the rule. I guess now he doesn't miss the first quarter of the next game. It's three targeting calls, and you miss a game or something like that. No, no, no. You, you, you gotta if it's in the second half, he would miss the he would miss the first half of the next game. He would. It was, the, it was at the end of the first half. So he'll be back for the first half against Delaware State. Okay. I don't know. The, the whole officiating with the, the, the yeah, touchdown, that might have been a touchdown, that call. And, you know, yeah. it, it certainly I, I got text messages back from an irate Steve Anderson. It's back to the TD. Love it. Love it. I don't think the flip should have been a penalty. I get it, man. Like, we're at Army, and it's discipline all the time, and it's all this other stuff. But the kid – just had a pick six in a in the first game of the season. He did. He did, You know, maybe he didn't think he was going to make it in. Maybe he jumped in. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. I just, I, you know, I just to to get all. You know, I get it. You know, yeah. But but good on him though. Like like yeah, it shouldn't be a penalty. But like that gives me some faith. Like. The dude, all he wanted to talk about was how he let his team down. Not because it's an egregious penalty, but because it was a penalty, and that yeah. sucks. And like, good, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I think he was a real stand-up kid. He really. It's all he wanted to talk about. Somebody even said I was talking about the pick, and one of the one of the other journalists asked him that. I was talking about the pick and the run into the end zone, and he goes, "I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact that I let my team down, and I should have done that. I'll never Different. do it." Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very classy. Special place at West Point, how they get a bunch of people from all different areas of the nation, and you know that that is that's how he feels, man. That's how he feels, and, hey, um, and it's really good. Bo Nicholas Paul from New Jersey, Steve. I mean, Jersey pride. We're, I think we have three here from New Jersey. Then on the panel, wow. Oh, hey, um, one year, I got one year at prep school, baby. Four. four. <laughs> and you know what real quick about bo nicholas paul i really never met a more genuine kid to be honest with you the talks i've i've had with bo in interviews and he he's, he's as real as it gets bo bo is not sugarcoating anything he's as real as it gets he before the season started went back to his uh hometown in hillside um hillside new jersey right outside of newark and did a kids camp for kids um he's just a he's just a really good dude I was ha so excited for him when he had that pick six, and I thought that the defense was gonna—it was gonna be the defense's day uh, today. It just didn't happen. Um, real quick comment by Charles Davis, and we'll go to the uh, co potential conference realignment, and then we'll get out. Um, I really feel the offense starts with the quarterback. I believe the backup quarterback is the one. He would energize the offense. He's tough and can run and motivate this offense. We don't want—we don't want to wait. Dwayne Coleman did get into the last series of this game with 29 seconds left. An army needing to drive the ball 85 yards. Um, I think he, there was two plays, and I've seen Dwayne Coleman 
in scrimmages. Dwayne Coleman's a tough kid. I, I I don't know if what Charles Davis. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. We don't have a quarterback controversy after week one. Coach Munkin said he thought Dwayne was a little bit more. Um, Seth, what did he say about putting in Coleman? I asked the question. I can't even remember his answer. Uh, he said something about you know mobile. Was, He's more mobile, maybe. Seconds, yeah, twenty nine seconds left, and give him a shot, basically. But uh, come on, they they had eight guys back. <laughs> I don't care who's in quarterback. You could put Roethlisberger there. You're not getting yeah, you're that. You're not doing anything. It was over. I think um, that's everybody's favorite player on yeah. on an offense. Okay, it's the best position to be is the second string quarterback. Right. Right. <laughs> and that it's an old cliche, but it really is. Um, you know, everybody's calling for the second stringer and uh, because the first stringer is not getting it done. And the bottom line is Z coaches literally are with these guys every single day through film, through reps, through everything. Um, you know, I was, you know, one of my buddies texted me like, Hey, what's, you know, how is this guy? He said something like, how's this guy starting? We got a, we got a younger guy that, that can do this. And I'm like, look, man, like, <laughs> those coaches know who's the best player. Like they're not playing someone who's, who doesn't understand the offense or, or is not like nobody does that. And I don't care whose son you are. You're not getting on the field under coach Munkin unless you've proved to him, you know, that you can play. So um, I just, it's the favorite. It's everybody's favorite. Every, everybody's favorite person on your team as a fanatic, second string quarterback, Look, I went through it with the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley, and let let's get him in there. You know, we all do it, okay? But I, I think our I think we have I think Coach Muggins earned our trust as fanatics to put the best player on the field. Um, and, and back to James's point, all right? We got we got seven weeks in the game right now as as our uh, as our survey size. All right, so we got to. We'll play Delaware State, and I think, you know, we go back to me and Seth's talk, right? Get him all the reps. Get him all 60 minutes. Get him all the reps. But if it isn't good reps, we need to get the next guy in there. <laughs> right. you, know, you know what's what? fun? Go ahead, Seth, real quick, and I want uh, to mention. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this uh, realignment because I think it's well, important. Well, I got one more thing to say. Uh, you know what? This, this game made me realize that how valuable Alex Meredith could have been to this team. Because Alex Meredith is a guy who seemed like he was really right. He was giving Bryson Daly a run for the starting quarterback. Unfortunately, he hurt his Achilles uh, early in the preseason. A senior who was going to have his last chance. I thought about Alex Meredith a lot today. I actually joked around with Max Domenico in preseason because he was recruited to be a quarterback. And I'm like, have you ever gone up to the coaches and, you know, said, why don't you give me a shot at quarterback? And he's like, I have gone to Coach Woody and done that. But, you know, just as a joke. But when he picked that off, he had a little bit of some quarterback moves there, uh, running the ball into the sideline. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. We're done with this game. We just unpacked about an hour's worth of review on Army's loss to um, ULM, Louisiana Monroe. Now let's talk about this real quick conference realignment. Set the balls in your court. There's some news here with SMU going to the ACC that opens up a spot in the AAC. And now there's news that, you know, oh, ACC wants Army. Seth, take it away. 
Okay, well, I, I, I've been talking to people at various universities. Uh, this is my uh, sound nose. I love this stuff. I love about. Uh, I love the business of sports and the business of college sports too. Um, what I'm being told right now is that the uh, the uh, of course with SMU leaving for the ACC, there's a spot open. They desperately want Army to come in. It's uh, it's a national school like Navy, like Air Force. Army and Navy stand out more than Air Force does, um, and uh, they'd love the Army to come in. Um, I interviewed um, I interviewed uh, 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 my buddy on um, Thursday, uh, story around on Friday, and he said we love we love our independence. We're not looking to go anywhere, but we don't want to be left behind. If in fact um, you know there's a situation where we won't be able to qualify for the the championship, I don't know how Army's going to do that, but okay, he wants to leave that option open. Um, what I am hearing from some of my friends are two things. One um, is that they, well, three things. One, they want West Point in. Two, UConn is playing up big time to get into the ACC for football, uh, for fo AAC for football only. UConn expected to go into the Big 12. They got, uh, they got turned away at the last minute. UConn would love to go to the ACC. There's no spots. Um, they need some place to go. They drew uh, 35,000 uh, last night uh, against, or Thursday night against uh, NC State, played a good game and lost, but a good game. Um, they're improving. Uh, they want that. And what they're trying to do is to get the AAC to take Army and UConn, and even there's talk of UMass, that's down the road, to go in there. But there's another thing that's going on here. Everybody is convinced that what's happening in the ACC is temporary, that uh, Florida State, Clemson, and maybe one or two other schools, Miami, North Carolina, stand out, really don't want to be there anymore. They're trapped because of this uh, deal they have. They can't get out of it without paying a $100 million penalty. And they really think that the ACC, the ACC, uh, this is temporary, that eventually it's going to fall apart, eventually being the next three or four years. Um, and they, the remnants of it may be a, a conference that might work for Army and Navy um, in football only. And they're, uh -huh. not, they're not leaving the Patriot League and anything else. I know a lot, a lot of Army fans want to stay independent. I get it. I understand it. Uh, it's, a better, it's better for us. But the football world is changing dramatically and, and quickly, and you don't want to be left out because being left out may be – they mean not being in the in the top division anymore, and only Notre Dame can stay independent forever if they choose. Uh, and so that's that's where it's at. And I, there's a lot of pressure. And I'm being told there's a meeting um, uh, possibly this coming week. Uh, it could be a phone meeting uh, with Mike Buddy and the Army Brass. Maybe try to convince them. Um, I'm getting this from other people, not from West Point. So maybe it's not true. I don't know. But uh, that's where we're at. So uh, I think a lot of things are happening now, and I think Army will be in the mix potentially for something to happen. Any thoughts, James or Steve? I mean, I'm just going to say that, yeah, I, you know, just like this offense, can't get left behind, can't live in the past. Um, you got to go. You got to go with what works for the entirety of the program. And I have nothing but trust in the individuals that are making that decision. Um, so, you know, if it's the AAC, great. You know, Notre Dame can stay independent all they want. It's not helping their organization at all. So, 
Um, you know, I don't think they're they're the I don't think they're like the pedestal of independent teams we want to be, you know. And look, you know, Conference USA wasn't so bad back in the day. You know, we did just fine. So well, these are some of the same schools. Um, you know, and if you take UConn and you have Temple and you have Navy and East Carolina is not that far away, you do have some Eastern schools in there, East Carolina's in North Carolina. Need to um, worry about traveling. Well, I got well. We that only be, that only be for football. Remember, Army and Navy are staying in the Patriot League for every other for the Olympics. But you know, Buddy made a, a great comment to me, and I used it in the story. If you, if you read it, and what he said is, we're not sending our volleyball team seven hours on a flight to go yeah. play a match wherever that is, seven hours away on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And nobody's talking about this for the rest of the for all of the rest of sports. Is that this works for for football? It yeah. kind of works for basketball because those are money sports. But you're telling me that the Stanford field hockey, girls field hockey team has to get on a plane on Wednesday to play Boston College on Thursday and maybe Clemson on Saturday and then fly home? That doesn't make – and everybody's going to be doing this. Work for It could work for hockey too. Our hockey team is usually pretty good. We could do We could do something with hockey. But, yeah, no, we're not – we're not doing the craziness of uh, just going all in on a conference. But that's what everybody's there. We're, we're going to be – gonna whatever we do will be football only. And I think Army's in the driver's seat. Yeah. Uh, they, they, could probably, they could probably, you know, get something. Of course, the Army-Navy game has to be played in December, end of season. Um, you know, how, do, how does that work out considering that the, a, a, the AAC has a, uh, a championship game after that? So how yeah. do you – that out they have to think there's a bunch of things to figure out or he may just turn them down who knows you know they yeah as buddy says he likes his independence and army's doing okay with it real uh, quick pete damel said that if uh the army navy game if they go to the aac the army navy game would be a non-conference game like yeah. um, so, go ahead james yeah so for there are a lot of arguments that i hear from people about why army shouldn't join a conference um, first and foremost, let me say, like, I think there is a value in independence, and I like that Army is an independent, um, generally speaking. That doesn't mean that the value of independence um, outweighs the current landscape of college football and the need to be in a conference. Um, yeah, so that Army-Navy game, non easy, easy way to do that. It's a non-conference game. Um, Army and Navy have a protected non-rivalry. So like Alabama plays Tennessee every year out of division. It's a protected rivalry, right? It would just be a protected non-rivalry. You'd play eight conference games. That would never include Navy. Navy would be a non-conference game. The only time it would ever be an issue is if Army and Navy happen to be one and two in the conference. You'd have to play an AAC championship game one weekend at one of the schools and then play Army, Navy, and Philly or wherever else the next weekend. Highly doubtful that ever happens, but if it does, it's a cool opportunity. Yeah, it's a cool opportunity for Army Navy to be at a at, at one of the academies again. Why? Why does it have to be a non-conference game? They're both in the conference because why? it'll happen after the championship game. Oh, you're saying this is so the Army Navy game will be after the AAC championship game. That's what it'd be on the same weekend it is now after the championship game weekend. Wow. Okay. So, so it'd just be a non-conference game. Easy peasy. Like the ACC has had non-conference conference matchups as recently as two years ago, I think. Um, so whatever. So that that's issue number one. Issue number two is people say, well, I want to play a national schedule. I don't want to be bound to an AAC schedule. What places is Army going that they're not going to be going in the AAC if they go? Yeah. There? 
a UNLV game every once in a while? You want to go to Muncie, Indiana more often? Like, what are we talking about here? The AAC goes from the east all the way to Texas. Are we not going to go at LSU anymore? Uh, so the way that it would work is you, there are the AAC has eight conference games. I'm trying. Right? Yeah, so eight conference games plus your two service academy games. Then you get an FCS game, and then you can play somewhere else. And yep. if that's a payday game at LSU, that's a payday game at LSU. If that's a you want to go get a win at uh, you know Akron, then go get a win with Akron, right? Whatever. But you know you can still schedule those payday games if you want. Um, so there's that. And then the biggest thing is when it comes to recruiting. So there's two things. Number one, having access to the playoff is super important. If yep. you have Navy and Air Force saying, "Well, if we win our league one of these years, we can go to the playoff," and Army's going to sit there and say, "Well, we're independent," that's a huge knock. Um, and then number two is I looked it up. So it's something like 50% of army recruits, uh, come from States that the AAC has a footprint in the only state that doesn't, that, that we get a lot of recruits from that the AAC doesn't have a footprint in is Georgia, but we've only played, you know, in Georgia twice in the last like 20 years. So it's not cause we're going there that we're getting a lot of recruits there. Um, so it's better for recruiting. It's better for access to bowls better for access to the playoff potentially like I don't want to hear any arguments with the national national schedule. Like there's really, there's really no reason. I agree. Hmm. I, I, I'm a proponent for it and I, I hope they do it. Plus we'll get better teams than Mikey who have to come yeah. right now. Sure. Wants and to that, yeah. That, that's the other point is anymore of any of substance, even some of these teams like Tulane, and you know, in the in the AAC, because they sit there and they say, you know, it doesn't pay that much money. It's a, it's tough to get to. It only holds it don't only hold thirty eight thousand uh, uh, seats when the new stadium is done. It's, you know, so now they have to come. Plus, now there's they- no there's no more dual FCS. Like uh, seven of the last ten years, we've played multiple FCS teams, and and it's not always been a, the, you know the way that it's been scheduled, but it's the way that it works out. And you're just asking Munkin to win an extra game to get to a bowl because you can't figure out your schedule. Right. I agree. Hmm. Let's see what happens. The next couple yeah. of weeks should be interesting. I don't know. I'm really, me personally, I'm not, I think army should join the conference down the road, but I'm not so sure the eight James, you made a good point with recruiting. I didn't think about that, you know, with the 50%, but I'm not big on the ACC because I think the ACC, what will the AAC, AAC be in a few years? You know, it might be a bunch of, you know, conference U.S. I think that teams like the good teams like the Tulane's and Tulane's are going to go somewhere else. Yeah, nobody's taken – nobody's taken – to the extent that the AAC is going to get rated again, it's because the ACC loses Florida State, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, maybe Virginia, like all those schools leave, and then the ACC wants an academic conference. And, yeah, they'll invite Tulane. You know who else they're going to invite? Army and Navy, like Army and Navy, right? Right. So, so I wouldn't worry about that. But in Cal now, which are two good schools, they're now in the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Has- you know, yeah. And you know how cool it would be to play football and not women's volleyball against Stanford and Cal all the time. Army <laughs> Navy would only be that. Uh, I don't think these, there's any room for these schools to go um, to go into these major conferences. They don't want Tulane. You know, Memphis is begging people to take them, and nobody right. wants Memphis. Um, you know, and these other schools, you know, the, the 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 big teams in the AAC have left. You know, Cincinnati's gone. SMU is now gone. 
um, uh, a couple other schools I can't think of. That Central Florida, college. Central Florida, Central Florida, another good program. So the quality of the league has gone down a little bit, which I think is good for Army and Navy. And you know, who knows? They may be able to, you know, maybe dominate these kind of. And areas. by the way, it's a bit of a pay increase too. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Bankers, and and I think that a lot of Army fans are a little, uh, you know, uh, uh, cold toeing it because of the the zero and thirteen year and the in Conference USA, right? Like, but if you think that has anything to do with being in a conference and not trying to th- run a, a pocket passer offense with 270-pound linemen, I don't know how to help you. The, uh, the other thing is, is like, I know um, we have a lot of we have a lot of confidence in in the guys running the ship right now, um, but y- you just you don't want to be on the outside looking in. You just don't. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't be and you don't want to be. And the people that are, you know, and back to James and Seth's point, oh, well, we won't be able to control our schedule. You know, look, we got plenty of control in the AAC because that's who we're, that's who we want to play. That's what, that's what our schedule makeup will sort of be if we make our own schedule. So, um, I, I have a lot of faith in, in, in my buddy and, and, uh, I've talked to him a number of times now and I, I really like the way he thinks. And I think, I, I think he's going to, he knows, he knows what's best for army. He, he loves the independence, but he also understands what's at play here. You know, to Steve's point, you can't live in the past. you got to go to the future. You got to see what's happening. Um, you know, I said to him, where's army in five years? And his comment back is, we're either going to be um, in a league or we're going to be the only independent left in FBS football. Yeah, because Notre Dame may have to join uh, Connecticut and UMass, the only other independents now. Uh, they, they, they're dying to join leagues. You know, they, they need it because nobody wants to play there. You know, they, they, you know, they're playing, UConn's playing Maine and home games. You know, they had to give up, I think, to NC State. They had to give up either two or three games at NC State to get one game at, at UConn. You can't survive. Your program can't survive like that. You know, Army's a little bit better, you know, because it's a national team. Um, and, you know, some people do want to play us, you know, especially down south where it's, you know, it's a rah-rah spirit for, for the military. And you have the bases down there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, and if Army turns them down, I wonder what happens. Because I don't think they're going to the Sun Belt, and I don't think they're going to Conference USA. I don't think those schools match with us. Um, and, you know, you want to be with Navy, too. Don't you want to be with Navy? I, it makes yeah. sense to me. And, by the way, the Sun Belt would be a – and Conference USA, for that matter – would be a significant pay cut. So I don't think – I don't see that happening. It's, yeah, also, right. it's also worth mentioning that – Let's say that Mike Buddy and Mike Oresco come out in a joint press conference tonight and they say, we're going to make this work. Army's joining the American. I, I don't see it happening, meaning Army actually being a member until at least 2027. I mean, you got to think they either have to cancel 45 football games or they got to play some of those out and cancel a lot fewer of them. Every contract can be canceled within one year. What's that? Every contract can be canceled within one year. You pay a yeah. little bit of penalty, but look what Tennessee did. Yeah, but it's not a little bit of the penalty. It's millions and millions of dollars a year. But when when Navy joined, when Navy agreed to join the Big East, which became the American before they joined, 
they had about a four-year buffer, which meant that they only had to cancel around 15, 20 games, which is doable. If we were to join in 2027, I think it's around that number. If we start joining before 2027, that number starts going up a lot every year. And a lot of those buyouts, 500000 per game, even even more. Don't be surprised if the American pays Army's way out. They that, need that, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They need Army more than Army needs them. Yeah, that's, that, yeah because uh, James, real quick, um, guys, real quick. Usually the schedules, they schedule out about 10 years from where we are right now. Right. So if you're saying four years, James, you're still talking about, are we talking 50 games? We're yeah, talking, so, so, we're so a lot of that, and plus I, I do think that like, I, I think that a lot of these schools wouldn't mind getting out of a contract with Army. And so if Mike Buddy goes to the eight schools and say, hey, look, there's eight of you, whoever offers me the least amount of money to buy out, I'm taking and I'm betting you a few of them are going to say your buyout is zero. Have a good day. So, mm-hmm. so that'll help too. But you know, I, I it's not the, the cost is not nothing. If the AAC helps to bear that cost, then that that certainly allows them to join earlier. Um, but, but it's at least something to consider. Well, let's see what happens. It's exciting yeah. times. I like I, I like the excitement of this realignment, which I don't think is even close to being over yet. Um, I think it's going to calm down for another year, year or two. And then I think the ACC is going to fall apart. Uh, Steve, you had anything? Or? No, I was just saying, it's, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think of. Uh, hey, think about this. Look at Oregon State and Washington State. They were they were members of the one of the two or three best conferences in foot in, in college sports a month ago, and now effective next July, they they're going nowhere. They're going to end up in the Mountain West Conference probably. Yeah, it's 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 wild, but it's you know, sad. It's I, sad I, too, in a way. It is, it, is, it is sad, and we're going to go to this twelve team expect. Look, I don't think, and I don't. I don't want to get us on another tangent because we're 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 going kind of long here, but we are. I think the NCAA is just so ill-equipped, and I think they are just so out of touch with how to run this organization now with all the new variables and all the things occurring. I just I, I think it's a joke, man. They come they come out and they suspend. The LSU's tackle for a game for signing an autograph like two months before it becomes legal in the NIL. It's just there is no rhyme or reason. They have no control over it anymore, the NCAA. No control. control. No. Yeah, eventually the top eventually the top 35 programs in college football are just going to leave the NCAA and they're going to play football on their own. James, that's what – James, I'm not even joking. That is the exact conversation I just had with someone the other day. They're gonna the the top the top teams are just gonna we don't need this anymore. We can go get our own contracts. We don't need you, NCA. Like we make an we make more than you. Alabama right. makes more than you. Like, you know, not probably not more than the NCA, but that they, they make enough to where they can make that decision where they just have two conferences, ten teams each, they're gonna play it out, winner plays winner. And I guarantee, like, people are going to watch that over the Sun Belt, like, 100%. Yeah, that'll be really bad for, for Army because people aren't going to be watching Army as much anymore. Um, but the 
the good news is, is that programs like Stanford aren't going to have to send women's volleyball to, you know, Durham. Hey, you know who's be really bad for? Look at Rutgers. You know, they joined the Big Ten. They spent all this money. They're $100 million or more in debt. And there's a chance five, ten years from now, they're going to get kicked out of the Big Ten among with some other schools because the Big Ten may consolidate and say, what do we need Rutgers for? They don't bring anything to the table. You know, you'll tell the Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, some others will go and they, they'll have their own conference, to your point. You know, to your guys. Enough pontificating. Let's beat Delaware. Yeah. Hey, what's yeah. Delaware's nickname? Anybody know the nickname? Like the Hornet, Hornet. Right? Yeah. yeah, Hornet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for uh, staying up and watching with us. It's past midnight on the East Coast, and we still have a, a double-digit people watching right now. Uh, check out our coverage on BlackNightNation.com. Uh, Seth's going to write the game story. I'll have a few thoughts uh, in mind, and uh, we'll have some photos hopefully up there too. Uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tonight uh, hanging out with us, and we'll be back soon on the Black Knight Nation uh, YouTube channel. Thanks a lot, guys. Good night, guys. Peter. Yeah.